Pickaxe. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast of this week's One Life Left Radio Show, which we're recording on a Monday morning. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. And uh, we've just finished the show at an unusual time. The sun has just uh, come out in Hitchin. Uh, so, you know, that's... Uh, that's that's the one. That's the biggest change here, I think, Steve. Since we started talking, um, it's scorching hot, up. as I say twice <laughs> in the show uh, in here because I'm in a loft and the sun is really baking through the uh, through the skylights. Uh, Simon, there was something I wanted to cover here. I know we've got to keep it brief because you've got to run yep. off for a meeting. But um, yep. we talked a lot about uh, Key Three, the games fests all that kind of thing the announcements uh and we didn't really mention any games were there any that stood out to you any that you are excited about uh, <laughs> well when i got this morning i was like okay i want to see some more on starfield and so i put, I put starfield into uh, youtube and it, the first thing it offered me was a two at two and a half hour look at it mm. and i was like i don't want that i just want to look at the trailer so i'm i am excited about starfield um nothing else sticks out what about you there was one game that stood out it is by a friend of the show but I saw other people talking about it as well. It's uh, Devolver Digital's Baby Steps, uh, which is... Oh, I missed that. It's a new game from um, the people who made Bennett Foddy's Getting Over It and Ape Out. Uh, oh. It's a beautifully produced physics uh, physics game with an interesting narrative. Uh, and I think everybody listening to this should go and look at the trailer. And you will agree with me. Uh, I'm sure. Uh, I'm looking at it now, uh, which I'm going to have to do very quickly because we do have uh, things to get on with. Um, good. All right. Well, well, well. Thank you for that. You've just done a better job than Jeff Keeley did. <laughs> but you have, you. and and it didn't cost Devolver <laughs> or friends of the show anything, did it? It didn't. But that's how it works, isn't it, Simon? Um, how it works, right? Yeah. Thank you so much uh, for yes. this morning, Simon. Yes. You too. Thanks. Uh, thanks for listening. Here's the show. <laughs> Hello, good evening and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're a video game radio show and my name's Steve Curran. Good evening, I'm Simon Byron. I mean, we say good evening, but it's one of those specials where we record in the morning and it's a scorching hot morning here in South London, Simon. What's it like where you are? Alexa tells me that there's a yellow warning coming. She'll, uh, sorry, I've, I have said her name, so she's about to talk as well. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know that. She doesn't know that. Uh, well, she does know that. There's a yellow water thunderstorms are due later, Steve. Mm. Uh, well, I, I don't know. It feels very, very humid here. Yeah, so I'd quite like a thunderstorm. That would make some cracking background audio, wouldn't it, for us? One day. One day we'll go out as nature intended. Um, yeah, and apologies, Simon. I, I overslept this morning uh, because of because of middle of the night child uh, wrangling uh, so i left you waiting for quarter of an hour this morning what did you think had happened 
I don't know, Steve. I mean, uh, you know, your life is uh, is rich and varied. It could have been any <laughs> of a number of things, couldn't it? Um, <laughs> Not but, really. Uh, no, it was. It was almost certainly what it was, uh, which was sad memories in the middle of the night. Right. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, it got pushed back because I was out last night. I was in London. I went to a show. I went to see Tim Key at Ale- Alexander Palace. Um, and so uh, I missed One Life Left. I missed the Xbox showcase. Uh, I almost missed the train coming home, but uh, just managed to get on it. Uh, but yeah, no, it was good. He was good. He's a very funny man, isn't he? Annoyingly so. Um, have you heard of his show? Uh, it's called Mulberry, I believe, uh, and it's about lockdown. And it's very funny. I have not heard of it, but now uh, I'll add it to my list, Simon, although it sounds like I've missed it. Hopefully it will have been recorded. Um, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, uh, now that you've got uh, all this art produced about something that we all experienced, um, I don't know, it made me quite reflective for a lockdown. I'd be... Uh, I'd be up for another one, I think. <laughs> <laughs> another cheeky lockdown. What would, what would you like to cause lockdown this time? Because you can't, well, have, can't have COVID again. I suppose, yeah, I don't know. Nothing too... I don't I mean, obviously I don't wish ill on anybody. Mm. Um, but I have, you know, since the, since, the, since the first lockdown, I have been slowly turning my house into a pub. Um, right. And so I've got, you know, I've got an arcade machine. I've got a dartboard. Um, I bought a pool. T- I've got an outdoor pool table now. What? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I've got very, very little reason to leave the house. Is this, uh, this this sounds like you're getting specifically competitive with next door and their um, their shuffleboard. Shuffleboard. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, you know, pull up the drawbridge, Steve. That's what I'd like. Just a little bit of peace and quiet. Hmm, I'd quite fancy that as well after last night, but it is a working day, uh, so both of us have got jobs to get to, so we should get on with this. Um, It should be a fairly normal radio show. We have no guest today, uh, but we do have some news, which you have prepared with the help of Charles Spot. Coming up shortly, um, we've got reviews at the end of the show, and do we have any letters? I've not seen any Uh... this week. I've not seen any either, but we, we can read some Discord highlights out, eh? Let's get on with that then. All right, time for the news? Let's do it. Me, Charles, but 1.0. The annual Electronic Entertainment Expo, or E3, has been cancelled due to the ongoing health crisis. To fill the void, several publishers have put on virtual events in which they've revealed the newest video games coming out in the near future. Despite the lack of any physical event, the virtual showcases have been a great success, even surprising the AI that usually predicts the popularity of games. With the array of new titles, fans are excited for the coming months. Even for an AI, it's been an exhausting task to keep up with all the new developments. <laughs> um, I'm assuming Charles was writing the uh, the news there in the form of a bot 
that was uh, based on data in 2019, as the bot is maybe, and do- doesn't know what's happened, but produces a generic news report. Well, um, you know, as uh, as usual, our news comes from VideoGamesChronicle.com and is uh, mm. preceded by Charles Bot. And I opened up VideoGamesChronicle.com this morning, uh, specifically the news feed, and was just overwhelmed uh, because, you know, we've had uh, Jeff Keeley's Not E3 over the last week, and mm. there are so many news stories um, <laughs> that I just I just asked Charles Bot just to, just to take a look at the news feed and tell me what was happening. <clears throat> Um, mm. And he got a bit confused, didn't he? In fact, he's, I don't know, maybe he's reminiscing about a lockdown. Uh, do you think this does anyone any good? Like, there, I think we've talked about this before. I mean, I assume we have. We've been doing it for 17 years or whatever. Uh, but the idea that all of these games, so many good games are announced at the same time, clearly... There is a benefit to getting everyone to tune in, but at some point that tips over into losing sight of what's going on and your game gets drowned out in the noise. Yeah, uh, so we've um so we had uh the Xbox event was uh yesterday evening. Um uh, there was also the PC gaming show. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. come on to Summer Game Fest uh, in another news story. Um I think there's Capcom and Ubisoft this evening. Uh, what that means is there is just an absolute overwhelming amount of news and, and and most of it noise. So if you look at the front page of the news section, I'm just going to run through the headlines here. Starfield runs at 30 frames per second on Xbox Series X and S. Director confirms news story one. News story two, Platinum Games and Kingdom Hearts 4 studio each develop parts of Final Fantasy 16. Cool. Um, Final Fantasy 16 demo will be able to uh, will be available to download on June 12th. Great. Uh, Todd Howard, most of my Starfield play has been on Xbox Series S. Oh, yeah, that's cool. Um, <laughs> there's a roundup of all the big news from the Xbox Game Showcase. Um Tim, the tap man, has his Call of Duty skin removed in support of friend Nick Merckx. I doubt that was in one of the shoot showcases. Uh, a team of sumo digital racing veterans are making a 60-player karting royale game. Uh, that's called Stampede Racing Royale. Free to play. It's described as a free-to-play cross between Mario Kart and Fall Guys. Stee, what open the betting on how long that will uh, be between launch <laughs> and somebody thanking their community and then having to close down the servers? <laughs> What do we think? Um, uh, yeah. It goes it's, on. It goes on. It does feel uh, a little like one of those games. But who knows? It could be It could be a global smash because something has to be. I, I don't something want to, has ref- to be. reflect on the sort of glory days of E3 because clearly that was an event not without its problems as well. Um, but it seems to me at least filtered through noise-covered memories that when E3 was running, you had the publisher showcases that happened in very defined spots, and you got to say, right, this is the, you know, Nintendo news, or this is the Square news, this is the, this is the Ubisoft news, and then you got the E3 stuff, which was just like, here's a bucket of all kinds of other stuff that's flown. It felt a little bit more, more defined. Uh, now it's just a huge amount of noise. Those showcases that you specified at the start. Um, Summer Games Fest and the PC Gamer Show and all that. What does that actually mean, other than these being another event <laughs> where someone takes an awful lot of money to say they will say nice things about your game and show the trailer? I've had uh, 
four press releases from Team 17 overnight. Four separate Lucky team, uh, you, press releases. Simon. Lucky you, Simon. Uh, well, and so uh, they announced Earthless, mm-hmm. um, a brand new sci-fi deck builder. I mean, Charles okay. Bott could have uh, invented that. They've announced um, <laughs> Undead Inc. Uh, they announced during the PC Gaming Show. Great. Uh, they announced... Um, What's Undead Inc., do we think? I, I can speculate. <laughs> okay. Is it a zombie management game? Oh, it's a pharmaceuticals management game. There we go. Um, corrupt pharmaceuticals. Uh, mm-hmm. They've announced um, Hell Let Loose. Uh, okay. It's got a new cinematic trailer. Great. Hell and Let then, Loose. Uh, Is Hell Let Loose a third-person uh, combat... Oh, oh. <sighs> it's already out, Steve. It's a, it? it's a, it's a, it's an FPS war game. I was th- that was going to be my other. Genuinely, that was going to be my other guess. Yeah. Um, sounds uh, like a, sounds like a Second World War game. It's 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 one of the wars. Uh, I, think, <laughs> I think it might be Second World War. Yeah. I played it, and finally uh, they announced Headbangers Rhythm Royale. There ain't no I've party like a pigeon one. party. Rhythm based ro- battle royale Headbangers. Uh, um, Rhythm Royale game announced again. Sweepstake on how long between that and thanking their community. I did see a post last night saying uh, live service games are dead, and I am glad. Um, which makes me think that that's the first time I've seen someone actually declare that this that that era of gaming is over and we're entering another one now. Although they decline to say what that next era is, um, and it does make me wonder whether yeah we are into it. You a bit like with the battle royale games um, of a few years ago when everything was a hundred men on an island and now we're in a slightly different phase of that. Um, it feels like. You get this point where a game breaks through and then suddenly loads of games go into development and then you have the tail end of that where loads of games like that come out and they all don't do so well. And I wonder whether that's what we're hitting right now. Yes. Um, Clearly, though, it is working for some people. Look at uh, the current global uh, top sellers on Steam. Starfield is the best-selling game on Steam. That's not out until the 6th of September. Mm-hmm. City Skyline 2, which was announced yesterday as well, I think. Um, that's out on the 24th of October. That's the uh, fifth best-selling game on Steam at the moment. Payday 3, again, that was announced over the weekend. Uh, that's uh, the seventh best-selling game. So it's clearly working for those types of big games, even though they're on Game Pass. Uh, people are rushing out to buy them already. Um, but yeah, you you have to wonder. I mean, will uh, you know? Joking aside, I think the next time we will hear about those um, about the Team Seventeen Pigeon Royale and the Sumo Kart Racing game is when they shut down. All right, time for news story two. Oh, Charles Bot is feeling the effects of the summer. Uh, let's skip to news story three. Jeff Keighley's Summer Game Fest was a two-hour show featuring announcements for new games and trailers for previously known titles. Retro fans were pleased to see the first Mortal Kombat 1 footage, John Carpenter's Toxic Commando Zombie FPS, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, as well as the Day of the Devas indie presentation. It's too early to say how much money Jeff will have made from the event, but a great amount of hype was generated for upcoming titles. Nice little bit of Jeff Snark there uh, in at the in at the end of that game. Key three 
is what people are calling this summer period. Although it's uh, less like a it's less like a single event, well, it isn't a single event, and more like a festival of exhausting announcements. So did you watch any of this? I did not. Uh, no. Uh, did you, Simon? I mean, you seemed apologetic at missing the Xbox Game Fest, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I assume you have watched some of them. I did watch some of it, actually, and we exchanged a few messages, you and I, about this, uh, the evening of the broadcast. <laughs> um, of course, I, I was... forgot. <laughs> yeah, so we were both having our uh, tri- uh, different trials and tribulations on that day, uh, and mm. um, I said, uh, you were having, um, I sent you a joke, which I couldn't put online, uh, mm. which... Uh, which actually, I mean, I think it's an okay joke, but it's a little bit too risky. Um, and then uh, you responded and said you thought it was a good joke. Let's hope no one ever um, hacks our WhatsApp, Steve. Uh, and then I said, well, I'm doing well by not tweeting today as I've managed to avoid calling Jeff mm. a, wor- a word, a word. Uh, several, several times this evening. I did watch it, and it was it, oh, it – I, it was just, it just sucked the joy out of video games. Um, you know, high production values, l- low energy, low soul, mm-hmm. um, low women counts. There were mm-hmm. no women uh, on the stage. And I saw one think piece say, um, highlight this, but then say, uh, you know, actually, you can't blame Jeff for that. It's it's everyone else's fault. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, you know, what is he when he looks at the running order mm. and there's you know some dollars next to every entry, mm-hmm. um, or most of the entries. I don't know. I don't know the, the the specifics. Does he not think about what it looks like? Um, well, he's yeah. got so much to think about, Simon. Hasn't <laughs> he just? Mm. Um, yeah, I, I looked at it and someone else um, put it better than I could, where they just said, you know, there are many things to be embarrassed about being a gamer about, but right now I feel the most embarrassed to be a gamer looking at this. <laughs> and, 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 you, and, and, and I did too, you know, it was, it was, it's just a promo reel. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah. So, I mean, I, I watched a lot of it. I remember none of it. Mm. Um, yeah, I couldn't. You know, Charles Bot referenced some of the some of the games that uh, were mentioned there. Yeah, cool, cool. You know, I hope I hope that, I hope that worked well for everybody. See you on opening night live, Jeff, at, in Germany. Yeah, um, is that sorry? What is what is opening live? It's night the same live? again. It's the same but again. It, same is that again. A Gamescom. Some, yeah, same again. I don't know how we let this happen. Uh, there has to be a better way of doing this. Hmm. Um, yeah, and I, I just don't don't quite quite see how we all arrived here, sat in an auditorium, watching people who've spent money to get trailers into a, a soulless show and just sort of celebrating it. Really, really weird. Apple has unveiled the Vision Pro, a mixed reality headset set to launch in the US early 2024 and in other countries later next year. The device is billed as Apple's first spatial computer and will feature an ultra-high resolution display system as well as the world's first spatial operating system. It will also come with hundreds of thousands of familiar iPhone and iPad apps and Apple Arcade games. 
The hefty price tag of $3,499 has been attached to it, and I won't be buying it. I would have to sell my kidney first. <laughs> um, so I've been looking forward to talking about this with you, Simon. Mm. Uh, we talked about the quest last week, mm. and it, you know it, it weighed in at five hundred dollars, which we were both like, mm, "Don't think, um, don't think I'll be getting that." Well, now Simon, five hundred dollars seems cheap. You exactly. can get you can get seven quests. Uh, that's one fourteen for each of eyes. Us. Yeah, and and five more people. Should we ever meet them, um, could have a free quest three. For the price of one Apple thing. Now, the question, my question to you, Simon, is do you think it justifies that expense? I mean, I'm not. Those that tried it at the event after it was announced said that it is a genuinely impressive piece of technology. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for that price, it has to be. I've never been part of the. Uh, so I've never been fully into the Apple ecosystem. I've owned an iPad, I've never owned an iPhone, I've been Android all the way. Mm. since the good old days of the g1 um and so um yeah i you know i've i've never been rich enough or cool enough to use apple products um however uh i think the one thing about this apple product is that you don't look cool wearing Mm. it unusually for them um it it just looks like a diving mask doesn't it or a snorkel mask yeah Um, ski ski mask is the one that i heard uh, okay all different types of mask, none of which are things that you go, hey, I'm going to look cool today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put this on my face. <laughs> Where's my snorkel? Yeah. Uh, so um, did you look into the specifics of it then? Like, you know, wh- like what what is it for? Is it for, you know, when you're sat okay. under a tree recording garage band and you don't want to have a have an expensive MacBook Air in, uh, on your lap and you just is, – is it for that or, well, or what? Is it what you Like you, I, I've always been – skeptical of apple i would say that for me uh, a macbook uh, is the best laptop available i just think it's convenient and the best thing to type on and ever since i switched to a mac that's where i've been but i've never had an I, uh, iphone um and i'm gen generally skeptical skeptical of their uh kit until i use it now the reason the iphone did Better than everything else was because of the way you use it, because of the interface, um, and just because it was a compact device that sold to the mainstream at a price that was just about affordable. This clearly is not affordable. Gen 1 is not affordable, but that's why it's pitched as a pro, right? So that, that later on they can strip the pro title, take $1,500 off the price and make everyone think, oh, there's a bargain out there now for $2,000 or whatever it's going to be when they get around to that in 18 months. Who's it for right now? Um, it's for who they would describe, I'm sure, as thought leaders, uh, and I would describe as early adopters, but not your sort of playful early adoption, where you get something and you want to use it, and then it ends up in a canal. This is much too expensive to end up in a canal. Um, <laughs> I feel very, very bad about that. The... <laughs> I think the the people they want on there are people who are going to uh, use it, show off about it, and also people who are going to make stuff for it. So by the time 
the cheaper version comes out, there is a use case because I don't believe from everything they showed there is a use case. I think there is a great user interface. I am not sold but intrigued by the um, eye tracking and pinch to move because their UI UX has always been the best for me. And I think that that in VR right now does feel early. Uh, it feels... When I use the Quest, I, I do think the Quest ecosystem, and the, sorry, the Quest hub is brilliant. It's, it's, it's brilliant, but it's brilliant compared to everything that's gone before and it still doesn't feel perfect. I think Apple's take on this will, um, will change things. But I also think because they won't have the adoption... It'll change things in a way that, assuming they don't have uh, incredibly restrictive patents on all of this, which they well might, it will change things in a way that makes the Quest better as well. And the Quest is so much cheaper right now that I think they'll be really happy with what's going on there Um, because Apple will come in, make lots of noise about VR, encourage more people and AR and more people to come into that ecosystem, but they're fighting such a hard battle. That price differential isn't like it was on uh, with the iPhone. So the iPhone came in at what? Was it $600 or $700, something like that? And the other other, uh, smartphones were a couple of hundred dollars cheaper. This is many, many, many times more expensive. And that's going to be a hard thing to fight, even if Apple say they don't want to fight it in the short term. Yeah, uh, they have to, because they have to get it into the hands of not just the people, the the thought leaders and the developers, but they have to get it into the hands of people's friends who are going to see it and go, I want that and I need it. They also have to have software that isn't just trying to find a new way of watching things or a new way of writing documents or a new way of experiencing you know, uh, business apps, but a new way of actually engaging with people and friends. And for that to happen as well, you've got to have friends who have it. It made me uh, laugh when um, shortly after it was announced that um, the developers of Rec Room confirmed that you'll be able to play, we'll be able to use it on Mm -hmm. the Vision Pro. You're like, yeah, cool, but you can do it now. (laughs) Now on the Quest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, let's see. Coca-Cola has partnered up with Riot Games to launch a limited edition beverage inspired by League of Legends named Coca-Cola Ultimate Zero Sugar. This new drink is part of the Coca-Cola Creations range and is expected to have the taste of experience points. League of Legends players are also able to unlock exclusive Ultimate emotes through special in-game missions, and an Instagram filter also adds the style of League of Legends emotes. To make a drink that tastes like Jeff Keighley, Add one teaspoon of lemon extract, two tablespoons of peach syrup, a few used dollar bills, and a can of Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. <laughs> Is that Charles Bott's genuine recipe for Jeff Keeley? One ingredient made. By the <laughs> 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 We're training delicious, him. though. <laughs> We're training him. Uh, and, uh, yeah, um, he will get there. I've had four mm. press releases in since we started recording the show. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so yes, and here is uh, here is a story based on a press release um, where uh, yes, they are releasing a drink that tastes of uh, experience points. Mmm, oh. delicious experience points. Uh, what could be better? What would you? Was oh. it the experience points <laughs> actually taste of? I mean. 
stale sweat. Yeah, sweat and tears. Frustration at feeling the need to get this last trophy and not enjoying it one bit, but just knowing that if you don't, you'll have that thing hanging over you where it's like 93.2% complete and no one wants that. And so I'll do it even though this is making me miserable. It's not making me happy in <laughs> any respect. Uh, um, and a drink that yeah. tastes of that is, yeah. So it's a it's a it's a PR story, right? So it's fine. And um, sadly, uh, listeners in the UK will not be able to pop down to their news agents and pick one up. It's only available in the US, Canada, China, South Korea, Latin America, and Africa. Did you see the other recent uh, video game food tie up? Uh, tie-in uh in china i don't think so no the uh, tetris uh teamed up with mcdonald's to create a um a plastic chicken mcnugget that you can play tetris (laughs) on (laughs) i mean obviously (laughs) so not a because I, I thought you were editorialising around the taste of Chicken McNuggets there, but you mean no. a, a sort of Happy Meal-style toy. Exactly that, that yeah. screen inside. It's an inbuilt version of Tetris on it. Why? Why not? Why? Because we can. <laughs> how do you think... But no one ever thought, should we? <laughs> do you, do you, how do you think the brainstorming meeting went around... Okay, all right, we've got the, uh, we've got the Tetris licence. We're, we're McDonald's. Which food item should we apply this to? You do it with fries. You do it with <laughs> fries. <laughs> well, uh, I don't know. How They're do you more un- Tetris shaped. How do you embed a screen into a fry? Oh, into a the, packet of fries. Yeah, a packet maybe. of fries, and then you drop you the little the ones poking fries up at the bent. top. Exactly. But, Chicken um, nugget Tetris. But Simon, the the square the square fry. It's not very fried, fry on brand, and maybe people would think we can't make fries if we saw that. Mm, I suppose when they think mm, you can definitely make chicken McNuggets. Well, you can make them whatever shape you want, can't you? Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I toyed with the idea of buying one off eBay and then <laughs> <What>? <laughs> stupid thing. Well, because it's ridiculous, right? And when you know. When they, uh, when uh, you know, in a billion years' time, when uh, they start to, uh, when the aliens arrive and, and try and uncover exactly what happened here, mm. I think they'll be able to pinpoint the exact moment of humanity's downfall <laughs> when they, they discover the uh, the chicken McNugget Tetris machine. Assassin's Creed Mirage is Ubisoft's upcoming game set in 9th century Baghdad, a love letter to the origins of the franchise. The game will include a nostalgia filter so players can play with the same desaturated blue-grey colour palette seen in the first Assassin's Creed game. It will be released on October 12th and will be featured during the Ubisoft Forward Showcase on June 12th. Last time I applied a blue filter to something, my wife made me sleep in the car for a week. Yeah, I mean that that story's in there because of the blue filter uh, <laughs> <laughs> blue filter joke. Well you might as well pick one of the games to highlight. Is this um yes. sorry, is this uh Assassin's Creed being remade or is this no, so there are lots of Assassin's Creed games yeah. coming. Um, there's this one, which apparently goes back to um, the roots of the franchise. Mm-hmm. So less about, um, you know, building up an army or 
uh, fetch quests, etc., more about assassinations. Um, right. And okay. uh, yeah, they are uh, leaning into that further by letting you view it, view it through the blue filter um, to make it look like the original game. Yeah, nice gimmick. Um, they also unveiled another Assassin's Creed game during one of the fests, mm-hmm. um, and people didn't like that, Steve. They did not like that one at all. Uh, it's a 2.5D uh, Assassin's Creed game, uh, which mm-hmm. I, I I like the look of. Um, what, is that the reason doesn't... that people didn't like it is because they've lost half a D? Um, I will dig into that for you now, but it was getting a mostly uh, negative uh, So reaction. 2.5D games, I, I'm assuming this is a side-scrolling platformer. Um, yes, uh, made looks... by the... Made by the Raymond Legends team. Okay, so that was you know, good. People yeah, liked that. Yeah. Didn't they? Um but uh yeah, they didn't like and so yeah, I mean it says it says much about this and that I cannot remember the name of it. Mm-hmm. Um and neither searching within the news site doesn't pull up that story particularly. But um yeah, it's a it's a side scroller like they used to be. Like they used to make them stee. Have you ever had to name a game. Of course you have. Yes. Bangman. Yes. Bangman. Uh, I uh, pl- played part in renaming uh, Trolley Problem Inc. It was originally called Trolley Company. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, Circuit Breakers was mine. Um, that old top-down. Mm. Wow, um, I didn't know that. Yes. Uh, it's a, it's an art, isn't it? It's, a, it's very... I find it very, very challenging. And, you know, you just reminded me of it then by... Uh, mentioning that you you can't recall the name of this Assassin's Creed game, um, and I find that so often on Steam. I mean, maybe it's a sign I'm getting old, but sometimes when I'm scrolling through Steam, and I think, oh, that you know that looks good. I don't want it now, but maybe later. I now know I have to write down the names of these games because there's no way a lot of the time. I'll be able to remember, and I I do think partially that's my fault, and partially it's because there are so many games out there. Uh, but also because if you pick a, a a game name that sounds like a game, that there'll be <laughs> there's, you know, ten thousand other games released that year that sound like that as well. So picking a game name, you want something that tells you what the game is, but everyone else is trying to do that as well. So you've got to um you've got to think of something slightly different. I've been I had to name a game this week, so I'm um what's it called? I'm not going to tell you uh, now because so you forgot to announce that. <laughs> no, it's very memorable. But the the game name I've chosen, it's like it's. It, it, I, I mean, I say I've chosen. It was clearly, obviously, a team effort. Uh, but the game name that we went for is just weird enough. I hope, and not like, not like involving making up a word for uh, making up something because then you've got to remember the name that someone else has made up. Um, just weird enough, but doesn't sound like all of those things, but also hints at the genre, hints at the type of game it is. And it's just a massive headache as well. It's it's a really interesting process to go through, I found b- before, because, um, you know, typically they aren't done in isolation, right? You have lots of people con- contributing lots of ideas mm. and everybody's got an opinion about something, you know, all of them valid, some of them wrong. Um, but uh, until... Until the game 
like as you're going through that process nothing mm. ever seems to settle and it's really difficult to imagine but once you decide what it's called the mm. game becomes that agreed and it's yeah. and it's like it always was mm. um even you know the hour beforehand there's still ambiguity about it oh do we like it do i like it i don't but as soon as it's called that then that's that's what it is and no one can remember yeah. maybe that's what um Maybe that's what wish lists are now, Steve. You know, this this clamour for everybody to wish list your game. It's ju- it just serves as a as an aid memoir for old men <laughs> in the games is. industry, doesn't it? That's I all it is. is. Like people yeah. begging you to add, add to the wish list. I'm like, I'm happy to. Otherwise, yeah, exactly. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, um, that's it for Charles Bot. That's it for Simon's curated news. Thank you to both of you. One life left video game news with me, Charles But 1.0. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're listening to One Life Left, broadcast on Resonance 104.4 FM on this scorching hot Monday the 12th of June. 2023. Uh, we're also a podcast. You can find the podcast at www.onelifeleft.com. There you can find the show notes. Uh, there's also a link to all kinds of other stuff at hello.onelifeleft.com. All of that stuff's been put together by our under caretaker, Bill, who isn't watching us right now because uh, he has real life to attend to. That means Simon and I, we don't have the guidance of his expressions as we're saying things pursed lips as he hits something that we'll he'll have to edit later um very difficult to read that man i wouldn't like to play poker against him would you <laughs> no i wouldn't like to play poker against anyone because uh, i'm terrible yeah me too i um although i was thinking about entering the games industry poker tournament this year down in brighton well i will caution you against that simon because i well that happens on tuesday the 11th it does. Tuesday it the does. 11th. Um, and I have just booked a venue for Marioki that night. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'll come along after the poker. No. Uh, with what, what I was going to do was uh, no. turn up for the games industry poker and just mm. and say that I thought it was strip poker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I could turn up to the karaoke with no clothes on. Uh, so we are we, we decided to book without a sponsor just do it ourselves like we did in brighton years and years ago uh, at the hope and ruin uh, we're going for a venue called grand central right next to the station so that people who want to can make a quick exit on the tuesday night ah. um, and we're gonna we're gonna sell tickets for it i think um it's quite a small venue and it should be good fun so if you're listening to this uh, check the one life left or marioki twitter's for ticket details, this should be out by Wednesday. I'm really, What's really, the... really looking forward to it. Capacity is 70, I think. Yes. Is it? Well, they're going to fly off the shelves, aren't they? Yeah, should should do. Uh, but it should be a good night. And uh, yeah, we, we, we 
we momentarily had a sponsor, but then they decided they didn't want to go to the conference because they didn't like the sound of it. Um, <laughs> so, so, uh, so they pulled out of hosting event as well, and um, and I was like, well, we're uh, we're gonna we're, why why let that affect our fun? Um, indeed, indeed. Yes. So, looking forward to that. Shall we? Uh, shall we get on with the letters? Let's get on with the letters. Right, I'm going to look into the Discord live because I have not done that. Um, I was going to read out Tony Gowland's uh, follow-up to the Zelda debate last week. Ah, yes, okay. Uh, Tony wrote on the Discord, I agree that 90% of Zelda is tiresome busy work. Go and find the right clothes not to be cold. Go and cook 10 meals one at a time to not get too hot. Go and find the ingredients to cook those 10 meals first. Go and find 20 of some arbitrary resource so that you can upgrade your clothes so enemies don't one-shot you. Try and find economical ways of making money so you can afford the equipment to be the hero that saves the world. Uh, he adds, in some games I would think that this last one is deliberate social satire, but not from Nintendo. <laughs> also, all of the side quests I've found have just used the same mechanics as the main game, so every quest is, bring me 30 whatever bear. I need a dozen tree trunks. Transport X to Y. Outside of the shrines, and to a lesser degree the temples, nothing feels specially authored to be cool. Make you feel heroic. Everything makes me feel like a medieval DHL courier. Can levitate things. 7 out of 10. Mm. Uh, So, yes, I was a little bit nervous about what the reaction would be to my Zelda grumpiness. So, um, I was pleased to see that someone as esteemed as Tony... Agreed with me, <laughs> but he's still playing it, isn't it? And I think there's a lot to be said for the yes. uh, DHL DHL mechanic, if that's what we're calling it. Um, like people love Death Stranding. Did you like Death Stranding? No, I mentioned. I, I I must have mentioned at the time. I, um, one of my colleagues then. Um, I said, oh, "I'm not really getting on with Death Stranding," mm. and he said to me. Uh, yeah, you know, it doesn't get good until after the first hundred hours. <laughs> I, mean, th- I mean, that is actually what he said to me. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. I don't have a hundred hours. Uh, so, yeah, I, 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 I keep coming back to the idea of, sort of trying to get into it again and, and um, you know, maybe with the new handhelds that let you just sort of dip in and dip out, maybe I will get further than I did before in it. But, um, yeah. yeah. He's, he's uh, sorry, uh, Kojima and... and- uh, Death Stranding itself is very upfront about what type of game it is. It is a game where you watch movies and a game where you deliver parcels for, you know, very, very long and, uh, you know, kind of boring journeys. And along those journeys, you may have some combat sections which you can mostly run away from and you will have some challenges navigating the terrain, which, you know, will be a little bit fiddly. And you can make all of that easier by building roads later and make that more efficient or choose not to if you want and just enjoy the terrain. And I think that's what Zelda's like. It is not a particularly challenging game, uh, except when you get to the boss fights, which I dislike and would rather aren't there. And Tony's spot on, right? You are essentially a courier. During those courier moments on your uh, journey across the land, which I, I really, really enjoy, you will meet tiny, tiny little hazards to that. You'll meet some combat, which you can avoid or run away from 
like completely. It's very, very rare you get trapped in a combat situation you can't avoid. Uh, and you'll meet little pop-up uh, pop-up moments as well. So you'll meet the guy who asks you to prop up the sign. You'll meet little moments of heroism where you have to rescue someone from a monster. Or you'll meet little Korok seed quests as well. And all of those repeat across the world. I agree with Tony as well. Even the moments of heroism aren't heroic enough to make you feel good. But they're just busy work, just little things to distract you. And honestly, I think, as I said before, sometimes that's the type of game I want. We make fun of Ubisoft all the time for being making these huge games where essentially you're looking at a minimap and you're just chasing coloured dots across that minimap and making numbers go up. And that's kind of what Zelda is, punctuated by these shrines, which are moments of design, like really, really nice, compact design and yeah the game would be shorter and more efficient with my pleasure i guess if it was just you know go from shrine to shrine um but i also do enjoy the ambience of walking around a what you know a beautiful countryside and enjoying the way that's constructed as well um i think the biomes are great and so <laughs> while they're well-defined maps on the um while they've well-defined areas on the map, it doesn't feel like this is the square that's a jungle biome, this is the square that's a, uh, a desert biome, this is the square that's a slippy, slidey ice world. It feels nicely put together. And I guess that's what I'm sinking into, is is sumptuous map design and boring old DHL challenges. 7, Seven out, out of 10. 10. Still yeah. for me. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I agree. I agree with all of you. It, it, it is boring and it is annoying and it has a terrible plot uh, and it has. it's not necessarily a good use of time. But sometimes the best use of time is just using it up. Um, well, Dex is still playing it. Um, and uh, I mean, again, I saw him at the at the weekend. Uh, I went to the cinema with him and his, and his mate Oscar. Mm. Um, Oscar's a new character. He is a new character. It's really funny. Like, you know, Dex tells me all about what his, him and his mates get up to, and it terrifies me. But when you meet them, they're all very polite to you, aren't they? <laughs> hello, hello, thank you very much for taking me to the cinema. <laughs> um, so I took... What does he call uh, you? Does he call you Mr. Byron? Sir? Well, I'm trying to be... I, well, call me Simon, mate. I'm trying to be called dad, wasn't I? So I was using the F words as I was chatting to them because I'm calling dad <laughs> down with the kids. Uh, we I went tell to you see... though, one, one day he's he's gonna go. He's gonna call you Cy, and the atmosphere will change. Oscar, Oscar, we used to like you. Uh, we went to see um, across the Spider Verse. Have you seen it yet? Uh, I've not. I've read a lot of good things about it. <sighs> Do you know? I mean, I'm I'm older than you, um, and so you know, consider this um, some advice from the future. But as you get older, I found that you become. Um, more emotional things like I was crying mm. EastEnders the other day um, because you know spoiler alert Lola Pierce died and she's leaving a little daughter behind and I've got a little daughter Steve <laughs> um, I remember uh, realizing this when I was on a flight to San Francisco I probably told you before and um, I was watching Creed and uh, you get to the end of Creed and I, I don't know something happened and it's emotional and I'm sort of sat on the plane crying mm. um, and I, I looked around and two of my colleagues at the time there they were watching it they were crying as well and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like this is ridiculous so uh, but the point is I found myself becoming more affected by uh, 
lots of things and getting emotional about lots of things. Um, the thing with across the uh, with the Spider Verse, I'm and I'm not joking. I'm sli- and I'm slightly embarrassed to admit it, but um, I cried at how good it is. Really, <laughs> like at how at how people mm. can make such a brilliant thing. Yeah. Um. I, I'm sorry. I wasn't sobbing, but I had a tear. I, I get it. Definitely had tears coming. I was like. I, I cannot believe how this happens. Um, you see, this happened to me the other day. Right now, obviously, Creed? I'm Creed younger than you, uh, <laughs> and I I don't have as many emotions yet. As you. No, so, they're all ve- coming. Very rarely all- upset Simon, except. Right. And I noticed this a few years ago. It turns out when uh, when I take a particular type of painkiller, uh, a branded type of painkiller. I I get sad. Um, an, hour, an hour or so, 40 minutes later, I just get a bit sad. Um, and I, I asked on Twitter, someone explained that this was to do with, uh, to do, you know, there have been some studies that um, I think that paracetamol can affect empathy in some Okay. I, 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 and maybe that's what I'm missing, Simon, is empathy. I don't know. Uh, but it, I, I've noticed this, and I can, you know, deal with it. It's not like a tremendous amount, but I, I, I think I turn into you, like more vulnerable to those moments. And the other day, I had a bit of a migraine, so I took some painkillers, and the cricket was on in the background, and it was lunchtime during the cricket. I took I took the painkillers about twelve, and by the okay. time they kicked in, it was twelve forty-five. It was lunchtime. And it was a preview of the Women's Ashes, which is coming up uh, shortly. Very, very excited about that. And someone was talking about how the England's cricket team has uh, quite, you know, a couple of uh, great players have retired. And so the England's cricket team has got a kind of youthful setup, youthful vibe around it. And uh, there's a lot of hope going around. But then they uh, started listing the Australian cricketers are very good. Simon, yeah. Perry. Just they were just listing them. That's all they were doing was listing Australian cricketers, and I started to cry. And again, Whoa. yeah, I don't think it was because I don't think it was anything other than these people are just astonishing. They were, they're all time greats. At least Perry, Meg Lanning, just brilliant, brilliant cricketers. And I was just getting a bit emotional at how good these people are at their jobs. Was it a musical montage or it, not? Or was it just a straight it up wasn't, you know, it with, was with, um, with Coldplay playing? No, I think it was Mark Nicholas, maybe, or someone just listing women's names. Well, and yeah, started yeah. to, started to I, again, it was dignified tears, Simon. I wasn't well, blowing. Well, of course, yes. No, well, exactly. You know, just a little thing where you have to pop a couple of fingers yeah, underneath just, your glasses and just. Might be hay fever. Might be hay fever. Might be I tell you what. I have taken tablets, I've taken eye drops, I've taken nasal spray mm-hmm. today. If they sold something you could stick up your bottom, Steve, I'd be taking <laughs> that too. Uh, yeah, so maybe it's that. No, it's not. It's nothing wrong with being, you know. Nothing in a nothing in a, a key three, though, made you tear up, given, <laughs> given it, that's just yeah. a big list of names of uh, no. games being read out. Well, yeah, well, that could yeah, be that's mine. A good point. They could have been mine. <laughs> Don't have those sorts of budgets, <laughs> sadly. All right. Um, any other business? No other letters, no other correspondence. Uh, please rectify that by emailing us at 
team at onelifeleft.com. I think it's time for the reviews. Right, Simon, I've been playing Zelda. I'll give you a, a Zelda update <laughs> as if we haven't had enough already on that. Um, I've beaten all four bosses now. Oh, for crikey. The regional phenomena. Uh, I would say none of them made me happy. Uh, every single one of them. It was all exactly the same, Simon. Spoiler warning, uh, although I'll talk in generic terms about this. You go to a temple, you use the skill of the character that's with you to uh, to basically solve four or five mini quests in this temple and then, oh, hang on something's happening, Link what's going on? Oh no, this isn't good and then you fight the boss who has been foreshadowed at the start of the temple and in the boss you run around, you run as fast as you can to avoid their attacks and then you shoot the eye or something, charge in Hit them a few times. As soon as you've taken half of their energy off, and you know it's going to happen, but then they go, oh, you're really making me mad now. And then you fight them again, except with different attacks. And this time you probably die again, which means you've got to do the whole first half again. And yeah, uh, eventually you get over that. And, um, and that's structurally really, really annoying. And the fact that you have to do it as well four times across all of these hubs is really annoying because you know what is going to happen and more than that you know that as soon as you've beaten it you have uh i reckon about 25 minutes worth of various types of cutscenes that tell you stuff that you already know because all of these four cutscenes have to work in any order and so they're all flashbacks to a thing you've already seen because you've beaten three bosses before and you know that yeah this is one of your ancestors and this is someone who, again, I'd get into spoilers. I'd get into spoilers, Simon, but I'd also get into something that I literally didn't watch last time. <laughs> do you know? Do you know how bad it was? Was I? Um, I beat the last boss while I was watching the Champions League final uh, yep. on Saturday, which mediocre first half, uh, but I quite enjoyed the second half. It's quite quite fun. Um, uh, I chose to watch BT Sports halftime coverage of the <laughs> from the Champions League final, which was appalling. Like absolutely some of the worst football coverage I've I've seen in recent memory. Just dreadful, matey matey. Like people, the, the the end of the Champions League final was even worse with all these footballers pretending to be other footballers' best mates. Oh, that was appalling, wasn't it? The Jack Grealish interview was just yeah. embarrassing, mortifying. But I chose to watch watch the halftime uh, rather than watch the Zelda cutscene I had unlocked, let that run out in front of me. I kept glancing down, and every time I glanced down, it was something I knew already. Anyway, I, I'm still, for the reasons I cited earlier, genuinely enjoying Zelda and looking forward to playing the other stuff, you know, the side quests later. But everything in the main quest is a headache and annoying. 7 out of 10. Well, um, I am still waiting patiently for the 
Isus, as the YouTubers are calling it, uh, Rog Ally, which arrives tomorrow, hopefully. Mm. Curry still says order uh, received. Yeah, I know that. I know that because you've taken money received, Curry's. Um, so I'm looking forward to receiving that. Lots of people have been getting them into their hands, uh, and uh, it really does look like an impressive piece of kit. Steve, someone Is commented that- on the on the Discord that it was um, risky move selling the Steam Deck before mm-hmm. the Rog arrives. Um, I don't think so. I'm growing okay. more and more confident by the day, and particularly well, watching the Xbox. Is anything foreshadowed any problems you might have? Like, is there anything that's made you nervous about reading other people's? Because I know with the Steam Deck, people said, oh, it's very big. Control sticks in in difficult positions might hurt your arms if you're playing it for a long time. Um, And you found none of those problems. You just love unconditionally your Steam Deck, but it turns out there was a condition. It did, yeah. I mean, I I, I, I loved, loved, loved until I didn't. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sorry, off you go. I walked past that computer exchange yesterday to see if it was in the the window. Mm. Um, it wasn't there. Okay. I'll walk past next week with my with my new handheld. And I'll, push that, I'll push that up against the window <laughs> as, I, as I do some kissing. Um, no, uh, people have been saying it's too light, Steve. This one is too light. <laughs> my arms to... are just floating <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Someone's got Redfall running at a steady 60 FPS. Um, and, and then again, you know, uh, looking at Starfield, uh, mm. which is 60 quid to buy, uh, um, there's a 60 quid edition, 100 pound edition, and mm. a 300 pound edition. What? Um, what? And there'll be no thanks, no thanks, and no thanks from me. Um, but I'll be, I'll be able to enjoy it. Yeah, you'll, on my, you'll, uh, be, you'll be in profit from day one. Profit from day one. Um, so, yeah, I've not played anything. Uh, I've got some stuff lined up. I've got Street Fighter to play. I've got Tiny Thor to play. I'm looking forward to both of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, the, the uh, you know, it's going to be a, a fitful sleep this evening on, on Rog Ally Eve, mm-hmm. um, as I hope that it arrives tomorrow. Um, I did, um, a few weeks ago, I did try and sort of burst through my Steam backlog um, mm-hmm. and, and sort of tick off some games that uh, I'd, I'd been meaning to play for a long time. Um, the worst of those was uh, Season A Letter to the Future. Have you played that? I have not. Um, it was described... Well, uh, I, it was it's pitched as this sort of beautiful cycling game, not like the Tour de France or, or anything like that. Uh, but, you know... Um, uh, a um, a uh, an, a beautiful looking indie game about a you know, cycling journey across a gorgeous oh, landscape. Oh, I know the one you mean. You take photos and stuff. You get off your bike. Yeah, to take photos. yeah, um, yeah. It turns out that the first sort of thirty minutes of the cycling game is not about you on your bike at all. It's got a really really tedious opening, uh, which annoyed me. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, decided, I decided not to play it ever again. Seven out of ten. Mm, I read a, a cycling great game review with very little cycling of at the that, start. Certainly, a great review of that on Adrian Hon's uh, games newsletter. Recommend that to all listeners if you have not found it yet. And did Adrian give it seven out of ten? Uh, he also had problems with it, Simon. Although they were uh, slightly more focused around the game design. Well, I suppose yours was. He just wanted more cycling. Just wanted to get on my bike, mate. He said the cycling mechanic was really nice and there wasn't enough of it. So I guess you agree. I do agree. Seven out of ten. Good. Great minds. Mm. Cool. Or or one great mind and me. Anything else or is that your reviews? 
That's it. It's going to be a bumper-packed edition next week when I tell you about everything that I've installed on it and nothing of which I've played on it. <laughs> it is going to be about the... <laughs> it's going to be the One Life Left unboxing, isn't it? I'm not going to ask you I've to been... wait that long, obviously, but... I have been watching unboxing videos. Have you? What, of the... Yeah. Isn't that... Yeah, of the Rock Island. I've, I've got... Um... I've got a one terabyte hard drive ready to go in it tomorrow. I've got the screen protectors are here ready to go. Mm. We're, we're going to be waiting patient. We're going to get up early and just sit by the front door, cross-legged, uh, and uh, and look forward to it. Well, we'll have a feature next week as well on the radio uh, because uh, Alice has recorded a review of Zelda uh, and wants Great. to do another one. And after that, wants to do another game. So might have a, another little run of features. Uh, any sign of a guest for next week, do you think? Well, it depends when we record, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. It does. Depends if any of us wake up, Steve. I know. I'm so sorry. But I, I think we got through it, didn't we? Uh, it's a tricky beginning, as it always is. It was uh, a tricky but, beginning. Uh, but I've enjoyed it. It's a good way to... It's, it's nice to wake up with you, Simon. We should do it more often. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Crikey, there's a cliffhanger for you. Well, I Will tell you what. Will they? Won't they? Will they? Won't they? <laughs> I tell you what else. Uh, do you know what's arriving today, Simon? Is my new internet. How is it? Or at least some men are arriving. There's there's a little sign outside the flat to say, "Don't park here. We're coming to bury some internet." Uh, oh, great! In the in the ground outside. So, like all of these things, and hopefully not like your aces. I've been like thinking, <laughs> "Oh, I'm so excited for it! I'm so excited for it!" And then thinking. What will I actually do when it arrives? What what practical difference is it going to make? Well, you will visit speedtest.net. <laughs> is what you'll do. Yeah, go look at that. Look at that number. Look at that. Mm. All right. Um, it's been a fun show. Thank you so much, Good. Simon. Cheers. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you, as always, to Resonance FM, the greatest radio station in the world. We'll be back next week. Until then, goodbye. Bye. Bye.